0: This week on the Hui, the unseen health problem that's being caught too late.
1: We're sort of a bit blind to knowing actually how big the problem is.
2: I want
0: to apply a Māori lens to our health systems.
1: We meet Māori
0: clinicians raising the profile on poor eyesight plus an update on the historic race-based separatism that discriminated against Māori in Pukekohe.
3: Well, at least someone's listening to us.
0: Te hunga kuhuri i te ara. Whakawheturangi a rātou mā haramai haere. Tātou kanohi ora ti hewa Maori ora, and welcome back to the Hui. Driving, typing and texting, so much of our life requires good eyes. Yet many of us don't get routine checkups like we do the dentist and GP. Māori eye health experts want to change that as they raise the profile on eye conditions affecting tiwi Māori. Mēne te i I'm Mariana Johnson.
4: My first thought was, oh that's scary
0: pervasive
5: health condition.
1: How are you surviving? Your vision is terrible.
5: Port too late.
2: If I can avoid that for any patient, that is what I'm advocating.
5: <laughs> Paia has been performing since he was five years old. And is now on stage with Tamatatini stars Tipuki Kuotuku Ungati
4: When it comes to haka, you've got to have all of your senses working at 100%. You've got to be sharp. Growing up, I had. Eagle eye vision. Um, I think I was around 17 or 18, I went to go and do my restricted driver's licence test. Uh, Absolutely passed with flying colours in terms of the driving part. It was just the eye test where I failed. That was the first inkling I had that something was up with my eyes, but I kind of put it on the back burner.
5: Years later, he finally went to see a specialist who revealed he had a degenerative eye condition.
4: That was a bit of a a shock to me, being told that my eyes are terrible, probably can't or shouldn't be driving, and we've got to do something now before it gets too late. After the first three weeks of, like, shock and denial, I was trying to figure out how I'd be able to cope with my lifestyle. Then I actually started practising playing my guitar with my eyes closed. Worst case scenario, I can be the Māori version of Stevie Wonder on a guitar.
5: Peter had keratoconus, and because he had left it so long, that meant he needed a corneal transplant at just 23.
2: You have to be awake for a corneal transplant because they need your eye to be focused forward. It is a very overwhelming surgery to have done. It's a donor cornea. You're getting a body part from someone else. There is no kāro Māori around that process. So, looking straight ahead,
5: Tēnā te is one of Aotearoa's few Māori optometrists. Now,
2: three little puffs of air onto each eye. So, I do have a lot more clientele coming through to see me that are Māori. Optic nerves are good and healthy because they've had experiences within the system, and they've thought, well, maybe she can help me because she understands where I'm coming from, from a Māori perspective.
5: As a young kōtero from Northland, Tēnā te found her path early on. I went to a
2: school careers day. One of the parents in the class was an optometrist, and I went home and told my mum I was gonna be an optometrist, and I never really changed my mind after that. But, interestingly enough, I'm named after Rena Takawipur, who is a one-eyed Māori chief from Kahuninu. Mum was hapu with me and went to the Te Ao Māori exhibition, and Rena Takawipur was one of the paintings that was there and she immediately gravitated towards it and was adamant I was going to be a boy, and then said, yeah, that's going to be the name of my boy, Renata. And so when I was born and I wasn't a boy, she said, that's okay, you're still going to be called Renata.
5: It was in 1869, following the Battle of Te Porere Pa, that Kawipo lost his eye. After he murdered the chief, Porini, his young widow, and her grief and rage gouged out his eye. But instead of enacting revenge on her, he decided to marry her. I don't know, maybe my pathway was preordained for
2: me to to go into optometry.
5: 20 years of hard work to becoming an award-winning optometrist with two practices across Auckland.
2: I specifically want to apply a Māori worldview or a Māori lens to our health systems so that we can start to see equitable
1: outcomes for Māori. Basically, Māori have particularly poor ocular health.
5: Maika Rapata is also fighting to stamp out Māori eye health disparities.
1: When you go through medical school, you kind of get used to that Māori have worse health outcomes and, and a wide variety of specialities.
5: Maika has just published the first ever comprehensive review into Māori eye health. It highlights significant disparities between Māori and non-Māori, but also exposes gaps in knowledge.
1: We're sort of a bit blind to knowing actually how big the problem is.
5: There's never been a national eye health survey in Aotearoa, but what information is available paints a pretty bleak picture. Across a number of eye conditions, Māori fare worse, like cataracts. This is how it affects people's sight. We're two times more likely to get them and at a much younger age. Then there's diabetic retinopathy, which looks like this. Yes, diabetes affects your eyesight, and Māori are more likely to have it.
1: They can't drive themselves to work. They can't drive themselves to the grocery store to get kai. They can't drive themselves to go see their whānau. It's a real limitation on their their quality of life. It's heartbreaking to see whānau who could have been treated had they come earlier, but now are too far down the track. You've got to tell them that their vision is basically shot.
5: Arapeta was lucky to receive a donated cornea, so surgery could be done to restore his sight.
1: I would encourage whānau to give some good thought to donating organs, and especially the cornea. You know, sight is an amazing thing, and to be able to give that back to a whānau member, you know, you can't really put a price on that. I
4: also think about the fact that before, Māori and Pacifica whānau, we're the ones that need these types of donations the most. But we're not the whānau that are donating.
1: Tēnā koe.
5: How much of a difference did it make for you having a Māori doctor?
4: Uh, a world of difference. And actually getting into the room, seeing my car, I think the first words he said to me were tēnā koe, and I was like, ooh, hold on. This is a bit different. So put my mind, my body, my soul at ease, and ultimately, I think, after I finished karaki, it was like, "Well, it's over to you fellas now.
5: Raupeta is now sharp as ever, back with his kapa, Ngā Uri, Ō
4: Obviously, it's still a work in progress in terms of getting my eyesight back to 100%, but it's absolutely improved my quality of life.
2: There's really low-hanging fruit that we can make huge, huge impact — early screening, um, early
5: diagnosis. To make that happen, Denita is lobbying for free eye checks and screening in secondary schools.
2: I love my job and I love helping people and I love seeing our Māori patients, but me being the only clinician that they feel comfortable with, it's not the solution. I actually preferred those ones out of the ones that you tried, so it's giving you a good definition around your jawline. I specifically want to make change for Māori to get equitable outcomes for Māori and to do that by any means
0: possible. After the break, an update on a story we brought you earlier this year. The historic race-based separatism that discriminated against Māori in Pukekohe. Kia ora The scandalous revelations from the book No Māori Allowed highlighted the era of segregation in Pukekohe, on the southern edge of Tamaki Makaurau. It brought to light the details of cruel race-based separatism that discriminated against the Māori. Now there's fresh calls from Farno, who are demanding action from the government, asking for an apology and a commemoration for the innocent lives that had no dignity in death. Mānei te pūronga, Rowani Pereira.
6: The Pukekohe Borough building was the former council chambers at a time when the South Auckland township was racially segregated. Today, it's where we bring retired nurse, Julie Lewis, and former teacher, Phyllis Barner together for the first time our <laughs> koe, Phyllis. Kōjuli <laughs> 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 <Good>
7: you <laughs> Lovely to meet you.
6: Phyllis has been one of the leading voices demanding a public apology for the horrific abuse and living conditions Fano endured for decades in Pukekohe. In May, Phyllis spoke to the Hui about the inhumane treatment of Māori Fano, who came to work in market gardens here. She's also been on a campaign to acknowledge the unmarked graves at the public cemetery.
3: We weren't allowed to bury there. That was only for the park hour. the white people. Many of these are your own whānau. Yeah. Majority was through influenza. That's how my nephews died. Probably because of the housing they had back then.
6: Phyllis's story captured the attention of Julie, who was so moved by what she saw, she felt compelled to contact Phyllis. My ears
7: pricked up because my grandfather, Cuthbert Penny, was a market gardener here. Wow, yes, I can remember his face. Right. When the programme had finished, the first thought I had was, I must find Phyllis, I want to find Phyllis. Acknowledge the awful times that you and your family and other Māori workers went through. Um, I was horrified, to be honest. I'm glad you agreed to meet me.
6: It sparked a need for Julie to find out more about her grandfather, Cuthbert Penny.
7: I didn't know a lot about my grandfather. I don't know whether he had workers living on his market gardens. Hopefully I'll be able to find that out, but um, certainly if any of your family were affected by any of mine, I would be truly sorry for that.
6: It's been over 20 years since Julie has been back in the town she
3: was born and raised in. Everything is certainly so different. This one here, Priscilla. Sella. Priscilla Herini Andrews. That's my oldest brother's daughter.
6: Although the grandmothers are the same age, their upbringing couldn't be more different. Yet there's still an openness to learn from each other.
7: My grandfather is buried here in the military part, and my, my nana is over there somewhere. At least I have a grave stone to visit, yeah. unlike, unlike parents of these ones. children here. Yeah. Mm.
6: Julie says although she grew up here, she didn't realise Pukekohe was divided by race.
3: They moved my cousins up to the Māori school, and then they opened that school up just for the white. Uh,
7: There was a lot going on that I didn't know about as a child. (laughs) The racist attitude towards Māori was still there, right up until I was at college and hopefully it, it can come to terms with its past and become something different.
6: There's been a renewed focus on acknowledging the town's uncomfortable history. In June, Phyllis and other mana whenua blessed this mural, Kumete, in honour
3: of the children of Pukekohe, both past, and present. That is the love I want to see come back to Pukekohe. The working together, not only adults with adults, but with the children too. That is magnificent.
6: Recently, the government earmarked around $700,000 for establishing the design and delivery of a memorial at the cemetery to honour those buried without headstones.
3: Someone's listening to those silent voices. It's about time. Taken a long time, but it started. And she was here for a number of years. She's
6: now supporting Julie in her search to learn more, a reminder that it's never too late to acknowledge past injustices. If you hadn't done this
7: programme, I wouldn't have known any of this. It's very emotional. <laughs> more than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Has it changed you? Yeah, I think I am a little bit more prepared to, to stand up and, and say something nowadays rather than let it slide. For me personally, I think it's important to work towards making a better future. And I hope that, you know, our future is more inclusive and understanding and tolerant. I take my hat off to her. It's very brave. I don't feel brave. I just think it's the right thing to do. For me, it's the right thing to do
0: the After the break, We dissect the Rugby World Cup and that final. Nowhere with our resident Tuhunga Hutu Hutuporo Komatuwa. Joe Royal is with us after this. Well, it's been hailed as the greatest competition in world sport, the All Blacks and the Springboks. And yet, most of the talk after the World Cup final has focused not on who won, but how it was won and who officiated. South Africa are world rugby champions for an unprecedented fourth time. And here to share his tears with me uh, is Māori All Black Kaimatua. <laughs> And our Royal resident rugby expert, uh, Joe Royal, he would in Ngāti Whātua no Ngāi No, Kia ora, hoa. First of all, you went to Teote, didn't you? Of course, so, uh, so eminently of qualified to talk about these matters, as am I. <laughs> um, uh, what happened? How did we lose that?
8: I think everyone, everyone saw, you know, the, the the multiple yellow uh, cards that we got, red and, the, and the yellow. But, um, yeah, I, I just think, South Africa came to play, we slowly adapted, and we had our chances to win, but, yeah, there's a, a whole lot of controversy happening and, and a lot of, lot of talking points on the, on the World Cup, especially that final, so... Yeah, so let, let's talk
0: about the aficionating soon, but would there have been any other team in the world that could have played with only 14 men on the field for 15 minutes and got even slightly close to winning?
8: I don't oh, To be honest, I don't think so, because... Yeah. Uh, there's, I know the, the All Black camps have that um, strong mental uh, training where they they will prep for these things. So, and you, you saw in that um, the semi-final when we had a yellow, and they chose not to put Barrett back on. So, yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know if any teams do that and, and train for that, but um, I definitely know the All Blacks uh, they, they prepare for everything. So.
0: Unfortunately, I think we can't go past this thing without talking about the officiating. Um, were you ho-ha with the intrusion, repeated intrusion, of a person who wasn't even
8: on the field—not not the ref, the TMO, and everyone else around yeah. the TMO? It's a yeah, it's a funny funny thing this uh, the TMO because it's only new new to to rugby and um, it's big and big in league. But yeah, I, was, I felt a bit ho-ha because you you, you second guessed uh, what the ref was actually going to call, especially when things were going our way, and I think we saw in that uh, Aaron, Aaron Smith try and it got pulled back, um, and you actually hear Wayne Barnes say it's you no know, play on, it wasn't a knock on, and then the TMO gets in his ear. Um, you know, I think yeah, that maybe the TMO and the bunker had a had too much to say. Yeah. And I think that's a that's an issue maybe world rugby needs to... It,
0: it was it was weird because, you're right, He uh, you heard him say, someone on the sidelines said knock on and he said, no, no, I've seen it, we're carrying on. And yet when it came to the Artie Savia, yeah. you know, when he, when he stole the ball in, in a ruck and um, was able to get the ball and then he penalised him and then Artie showed him, well, when it came on the big screen, Artie said to him, no, no, I was all good. And he went, no, you're right, I made a mistake. <laughs> but then didn't stop the penalty yeah. kick, you know. And as a fan you go, man, is this the level that you want to see in a rugby world? World Cup final?
8: Yeah, it's, it's tough too because Wayne Barnes is like a very experienced ref. He was like, I think he's 111 odd test matches as a ref, and you'd like to think that, you know, some like a decision like that, because I people will look at it and be like, he actually gifted them three points because it was in a kickable position. South Africa kicked it, SaF was further down the field. Could have got away with just kicking it out you know yeah but in a i think in a situation like that yeah, he maybe He could have pulled it back, but I guess...
0: Does does it concern you as a participant in the game and you're still playing, and you've just told me earlier that you're still going to play next year, (laughs) which is commendable, (coughs) Um, but does it concern you that in the two World Cup finals, so the Women's World Cup final last year, we came out on the right side of that, England got a red card, 14 players. This year, red card, 14 players. Does it concern you that that level of technicality is having an adverse
8: impact on the Mm. games? Yeah, it is actually, because as a as a participant but even as a spectator you want to see the game played out and again you know, 15 against 15 and um i know there's talks or other coaches and that have been talking about a 20 minute red card mm. you know just having that some someone come back on just to have that even playing field but it is a, it, it is tough i've i haven't been in world cup finals but i've been in teams where we've have to drop the 13 players and it's tough mm. you know and when you get that, when you get your boys back or your players back, you know you get that extra little boost. But knowing that you're not going to have them for a long time, it's it's tough. So,
0: what do you think Ian Foster's legacy? The way in which we think about Ian Foster as an All Black coach, what do you think history will say about him? Will it treat him kindly?
8: Uh, if you look at his, if you look at his record, he's actually sitting third for. Um, uh, well, uh, game percentage as a coach as an all-black coach so if, yeah he's had had a bad run leading into the World Cup and um, had some you know had some heat on him as a coach but if you look at his stats as a as an all-black coach he's actually yeah, he's sitting around 80 80 something percent
0: does it make it easier for Scott Robertson coming in as a coach or harder the fact that lots of people didn't have high expectations of this oh, team and him yeah. and yet they made it all the way to the final and almost won a final
8: <laughs> one man down. I think I think it'll be I think it'll be harder just uh from a, from a public's perspective. Yeah. Like the public can expect big things from Razor and um I, I haven't been coached under under him but I've you know I've sat in a room and spoken to him but uh, knowing Razor, he's, he's that type of person that will take the challenge and um, again, yeah, from a public's perspective it's going to be hard for him but I think he'll do well
0: One last thing, um, so it was announced today that Adi Savia was the player of the year uh, Good Hurricanes man, your favourite team um... <laughs> Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. Um, uh, but, but no surprise really I mean this guy has been amazing well actually for the yeah. last three, four years,
8: right? Yeah, exactly, he's like... Um, I did I did manage to play with him uh, in the Hurricanes for, for one of the years, and this was when he was first starting out, and straight away you could see the leadership qualities and the, the type of player he was going to be, um, and to see him get announced as Player of the Year, World, world Player of the Year uh, this morning was, yeah, credit to him and all the, all the mahi that he's been doing. like um, You see the stuff that he does outside of footy, and um, I think it just yeah makes him... Uh, an all-round player, all-round person. You know, he's grounded and he's he, he works hard. So well deserved.
0: I'm, I'm glad we ended on the Hurricanes note, by the way. E hoa, tēnā koe.
8: Thank you for coming
0: mm-hmm. for, for to us. Really appreciate the time. Che, going to take a while to get over this, Say, Engari and me, Anna, Joe. We'll get there. <laughs> tēnā koe, tēnā Kia ha tia, inga iwi hau. Tau puki ake i tātatu hui i tenei haora nei. Uh, we have a new waiata. Ko ngā kai wayata, ko Riki Reid, rā waku moroki. Ko tarawa wayata, e kia nā, ko kārewa. A e, a, a,
3: a, 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 a,
1: O ngā i hu ki kārewa A, ah, a, ah, a, ah. a, e to to huana Kei mau koe i te tarawa ah, ah. A, 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 e u a
4: Oh
0: You can find all our stories on our social media platforms and at newshub.co.nz. Kia mau homiye Whakatongarewa,